Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday. Uh, that's when my man Patrick plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Um, we'll get to uh, a really good weekend for Texas baseball. We'll get back to that conversation coming up uh, in the 6 o'clock. But speaking of baseball, Hardball Harge has Harge Knock Life coming up next. What you got for the people? I'm going to talk a little bit about this Texas baseball team as well as the Texas Rangers mm. What they have been able to do. Because guess what, folks? It is June, Mm -hmm. and the Rangers are still in first place. Wow. Astros. Astros. They creep They creep They are creeping. Lowest ERA in baseball right now. Yes, sir. So the Rangers have the best bats in baseball, and the Astros have the best pitching in baseball, basically? That's what it seems like. It looks like right now. They They are scoring a lot of runs in the state of Texas. We love baseball in the state of Texas. That'll that'll make for a fun matchup this season. Oh, no doubt. Best hitters versus the best pitchers. I love it. I can't wait. Uh, Man, the Rangers. Are the Rangers the biggest surprise in baseball this year? Uh, You would think – Initially, they, they but when you look Rays at actually coming up this, I think weekend. it's this week. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Well, the thing about it is, I think the Rays are a team that everybody was thinking was gonna be there. I thought at the beginning of the year that the uh, Rangers were gonna be in the mix, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting them to hit this big of a stride that quick. Yeah, yeah. no, they spent and, the money. And, yeah, and let's put the fact: Baltimore is above the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox. Baltimore is. Baltimore is. Yeah, that would be Baltimore, the the worst team in baseball last year. Yeah, is thirty seven and twenty two. I think Brandon that, Hyde that didn't is the get biggest, named. That is the biggest surprise the in baseball right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I agree with you on that. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, all right, so we'll get to some uh, baseball discussion coming up next uh, in Hard Knock Life. You want to stick around for that? Uh, congratulations uh, or an order and. And maybe not just yet, uh, but certainly uh, in the the decorated resume of Michael Huff, who is uh, one of the greatest players, legendary lifetime, one of the greatest players in Texas football history. He is now uh, nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, So, and I... I'm still trying to get the number of cost. Is there? I'm not. I don't know if there's an exact number every year. The same number every year. So I'm not sure. I'll I'll find that out and figure it out. But they got a while because they got they got to trim down, yep. always narrow down mm-hmm. these choices. But he is one of the candidates uh, to, or at least one of the nominees for the College Football Hall of Fame this year. It is. I will say it's a it's a hell of a it's a hell of a class. List. Yeah, <laughs> that he's in with man. They re- they got some some. I want to know what the number is because that'll have I think a big it'll be a big factor in determining whether he's going to make it. I bet Randy Moss is in this in this yep, class, yep. or at least among these nominees. Uh, Julius Peppers, uh, Michael Vick is on this list yep. too. Yep, uh, it's pretty loaded. This is one of my favorite times because. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be invited to the College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Lifetime Longhorn, legendary Lifetime Longhorn, Kenneth Sims. 
And, hey. and when the class, there were two classes that were inducted because it was right after COVID, right? So the initial, it was supposed to be in New York City, but they ended up mm-hmm. changing it to Las Vegas. So they ended up putting two classes together. But there was a lot. And when I say a lot lot of of people that were inducted, there was quite a few. That's good. The one caveat that I believe has happened uh, uh, quite a few times is because of the fact they don't try to put two people from the same school in at the same time. Yes, they avoid that. We got Derek Johnson going in this year. And then you have Michael Huff on the list. Dan Neal was on the list before as well. I know. Um, I feel so, bad for yeah. Dan Neal. So there was time when he was going in. And yeah. it was like, man, you're going in. You can't go in with Kenny. You can't go in with Derek B.Y. Jo- Derek Johnson. You know, in. and you can't go in with DJ. So yeah. there's just certain people. And Dan, Dan, you know, we've talked about Dan before and what he means to this university. But you're going to try to figure out how to get these in. And it's a tough, tough right. thing to pick from. It's a it's a lot of guys though being nominated. I mean, like I said, Michael Vick, Peter Warwick. Yep. Is on this list, two of nominees, Terrell Suggs, um, Takel Spikes, really good player. Kevin Smith, the cornerback mm-hmm. man him. Really Alex Smith. Alex uh, Smith. Number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's a it, it, you know, there's a it's kind of a who's who. Simeon Rice is on here, Antoine Randall L. Really good players. Uh Michael Orr. Yep. Um, Tony Romo went in with uh, Kenny Sims. They were sitting right next to each other. Yeah, because Tony Romo won. What is the equivalent? Is it the Walter Payton? What no, is it? It's the Walter Payton. Is it the Walter Payton? Yeah, award? I think that's that what it's called. Is that what it's called? I think what, so one double the highest right? at that level, yeah. whatever, to be the best player. I, yep. I think it's, I could be wrong about FCS that. FCS or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, Terrence Newman mm-hmm. is also Kellen Moore. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, just Marshawn Lynch and Ryan Leaf. Uh, there are a lot. I mean, it, it's packed. So I, I can believe you. Like you said, it, it was a sizable group that was, we was there in. for a while, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we were there. So Hope Daddy's in then. Yeah, Daddy's. There's no question he's in. I mean, he was. I one mean, of with those. his accolades and he being a Thorpe, Thorpe Award, yeah, Hope Daddy's in. So also, that's not on the list that we are are privy mm. to. But also, there, you know, we were just talking about the one AA, the FCS version. Yeah, Claude Mathis. Claude Mathis is on the list as well from mm. Texas State, Southwest Texas wow. at that time, and, and he's on the ballot that was released this morning. <laughs> he was there from 1993 to 97 <laughs> when the Bobcats were part of the 1AA level, and he is the only Bobcat that is on the current uh, list. So it is going to be something, too, because here's the criteria for those that are always asking, what, what, how do you get on that Ooh, list? Justin Blackman's on there. And that's another guy that was a freak. It. He was a freak. Dude, he won the Belenikoff yes. twice. Yes. Twice. <laughs> Two times. Like, what the? Twice. He's I'll, like Ric Flair. Sixteen right? <laughs> time champion. You know what I'm saying? So, but here's how you do it. A player must receive first team All-American recognition by the selector that is recognized by the NCAA and utilized uh, to compromise for all um, all American teams, a player becomes eligible ten full seasons after his last year of playing football. Okay. So, in addition to all that, you got all kinds of citizenship too. You got to be a good citizen as well. So, they got to make sure that you are vetted 
by that but, time. Uh, once you're in, you're in, right? They can't once take you're in, no, 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 that's what I'm saying, like, yeah, up until in, right? that point. So OJ's still in there. OJ's still in there, dog. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Because yeah. he was accused. He was acquitted on that, man. Don't well, he still went to jail for kidnapping. No, he stole his college football Hall of Fame stuff back. Yeah, he got all that stuff His Heisman, too, right? His Heisman. Somebody had his Heisman. He kicking in those like Sid B used to when they took his TV. Sid was going to get his TV, dog. But, yeah. So that is the other part. And here's the the other caveat. For all the coaches that are on the list as well, okay. remember, there might be an exception coming up for Mike Leach. Yeah, because he hasn't won 60%, 60 of, his games, of his games. And yeah. I think he's at 59. Yeah, like as close as you could possibly point, be. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I don't even. I think if you round up, he would be there. Yeah. Just a little at 59.5 or something. Yep. Uh, but that's a good point, too, about the Mike Lee. If he can't be in the College Football Hall of Fame, then your Hall of Fame loses a lot of credibility. A lot of street credit. Yeah, you better make some exception, put a loophole in there or something. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I, listen, I, this is my story about Huff Daddy just really quickly. I love it. Um, and it's not necessarily a story about Huff Daddy. Huff Daddy was fantastic here as a player, um, and everybody remembers how great he was. But when I came uh, to Texas in 1999, man, the Big 12 was a, a very different league. And, hell, man, I was still running triple option in Nebraska. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I came into the Big 12, I had to defend the triple option as a nickelback when Nebraska, when I came into the league <laughs> and we played Nebraska. And then, speaking of, Mike Leach. Like Mike Leach comes along with Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops saw that air raid offense when he was the uh, D.C. at Florida. He saw it when he played Kentucky and said to himself, anytime I become a, a head coach, I'm bringing that offense with me because yep. my defense is unstoppable. That offense, I, that's the only offense that's ever made stupefied. Gave me problems. All right? Made, yeah. gave, you know what I mean? Gave me, issue, gave me nightmares at night trying to figure out how to stop the air raid. So he brought it with him. To Oklahoma, and when he came in in 1999, uh, and Mac was here in '98 already. He held you know, that. That was also the year. That's the only year I beat Oklahoma. That was also the year that Mike leaves up the dummy script. Yep. For Tom, Dropped it off. For Tom Herman and company, and they found it. That's how we ended up down double digits in that Quickly. game because Carl Boris and company were following the dummy script, and finally. The dummies realized it was a dummy script. <laughs> and we are the dummies. All right. And then Texas ended up winning that game. But I digress. That was, you know, the beginning of the air raid into the Big 12. And then Mike Leach goes to Texas Tech. And then the next year, they win the national title, running the air raid offense yep, yep. In, Bob, in, in Bob's two second year. And in 2000, and I, like I said, I, I think it was just, I think it was coincidence, a confluence of things. But Coach Mac Brown brings in Coach Dwayne Aquino. And tasks him with figuring out a way to match up with Oklahoma's new air raid. It's like, man, we got to figure out a way to match up to this. All right? Because if we don't, they about to take over the Big 12. They did it anyway. But (laughs) uh, we we won't have any way to combat it. And Coach Akin has a brilliant idea. He says, you know what? I'm only going to put guys on the field that can cover. Because the one thing that air raid will expose if you can't cover. Now, Everybody's got to be able to tackle. Everybody's got to be able to cover. That's it. We're not going to have one guy that can just cover and one guy who's a great tackler. If you can't cover and you can't tackle, you can't be on the field. I need five, two DBs everywhere, which is why when he came in 2001, Everett Withers had left. They also started recruiting defensive backs, a different type of defensive back, guys like Huff Daddy. All right, in that that class, that 01 class, um, you got Cedric Benson, you got DJ, and you got Huff Daddy. Huff Daddy and Derrick Johnson represented a a change in philosophy for Texas defensively. 
And, yep. you'll, and you'll notice after that, the defense started looking different. Sure did. Right, but you had big shoulder pads, clunky looking. <laughs> Guys like Derek Johnson and 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 and, and Michael Huff and Cedric Griffin and see these long ranges like these guys look like NFL players yeah. out there. When Robbie was playing, it was like me, Ahmad Brooks. When we played in the NFL, we y'all, play, y'all we, had big shoulder pads. We had big shoulder pads. We didn't look the part, you know what I mean? Right. But we were the part because part of the transition when Coach Kenny came in, he took a safety in Quentin Jammer and moved him to corner. He took a corner in Ahmad Brooks and moved him to safety. And everybody thought he was crazy. Like, so your your corner is bigger than your safety? That doesn't make any damn sense. He put nasty Nathan Vasher, an athlete mm-hmm. from high school, at safety and at nickel to try to figure things out. And he put me at corner. And essentially, he had got everybody on the field could cover, everybody on the field could tackle. And three of those four guys played safety and corner. I just played nickel and corner. And that got he was. I don't know if he knew he was on the verge of. But he was on the verge of positionless football. Mm-hmm. He was looking for those types of players. And remember, Derrick Johnson was way ahead of his time. Derrick Johnson, when Derrick Johnson got to the NFL, the NFL hadn't caught up to Derrick Johnson's skill set yet. He got to the NFL and had most of his all-pro selections and most of his Pro Bowl selections in the latter part of his career because the NFL became a pace and, pace and space spread offense league about, I don't know, about five years after he was in the league. And the Big 12 was way ahead of that with the air raid and yeah. the pace and space. And that's ultimately, if you don't do that, you don't you don't win the national title in 2005. Because that transition to start recruiting defensive backs like Huff Daddy and Cedric Griffin and hell, A. Ross is in that conversation yep, yep. too. Those guys were different. They were built different than the ones. Terrell Brown. Yeah, yep. they were they were they were built different. I remember those guys in the DB room, uh, but I remember the the brainchild of Coach Aquino was. Uh, I'll figure out the RA. The RA wants to expose us by going four wide. All right, my safeties will be like corners, and my corners can tackle like safeties it's a beautiful if they thing. need to. And that philosophy never stopped. And the the zenith of that, the apex of that philosophy, that ideology was Michael Huff. He embodied it all. He could play corner. He could play safety. Then he, he run like nickel. a four three two. He could do exactly like yeah. he was. He was the perfect embodiment of that philosophy for uh, Coach Dwayne Aquino, and that's why they weaponized him mm-hmm. as a youngster, and he won the Thorpe Award. And he was the one who made that tackle. Came in and hit uh, 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 Lindell White Yeah, on the third and short. Oh, man. Exactly. Or fourth and short. Because he could tackle. Yep. yep. He could tackle. He can cover. There wasn't Came anything. Came downhill. Yeah, there wasn't anything he couldn't do back there in the secondary. And – is a an offense designed to exploit your vulnerabilities and your shortcomings. You just got to get well-rounded DBs out there, and Michael Huff was it. Like I had a lot of shortcomings as a DB. I think most of the DBs I played with, except for like Nasty Nathan Basher, had some sort of shortcoming, but he did not. Him and Nasty Nate were probably the two best DBs I ever played with. Yeah, like they were just. I was a big fan of Sad Griffin too. Said said G was nice. Said yeah. G was nasty. Yeah. He was. Man. He had the long ass arms. Said G was long yeah. and rangy. Yeah. Like said, that, yeah. And you're right. That 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 was it also in that group. Yep. He came in at 01. I'm saying 01, you know, like I said was that the I'm was that sh- the part that changed it was. for the University well, of remember, Texas? That's, that's, like, that's the class right after Bob Stoops won the national title yeah. in his second year at Oklahoma. Yeah. And everybody, all the boosters, donors, fans, and players, everybody starts looking at Mac Brown and going, you realize that guy, that, that guy just won a national title in his second year at Oklahoma. Yeah. You need to speed it up. Because yeah. Mac was a little comfortable then. You know, you had inherited a Heisman Trophy winner, had won nine games in his first season. Mac's like, I'm doing pretty good here. 
Yeah, yeah they were pretty good. Uh, he went to, I think he competed for a Big 12 title already. Hey, we're going to win 10 games. We're going like, to be good. We're going to be good here, guys. We're going to do it. <laughs> and then the, essentially the, the, the joker to your Batman wins a national title in his second year, yeah. and you go and blows you out, by yeah. the way. Yes. Sorry, blows us out, because yeah. I was a part of that, was part of that team, I like right? to distance myself from that. <laughs> in 2000, in, in an embarrassing fashion, and everybody's looking at Matt going, you got an answer for that? Yep. And I think the biggest answer, there were a lot of moves made by Mac. The biggest answer was his change in philosophy, his change in philosophy defensively to face the air raid. Yeah. He had to come up with a a really constructive way and adapt, you know, a a really evolutionary adaptation to the air raid. And it was the 5 2 DB and a, 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 a simplistic version of positionless football. But you can go see it in the recruiting class. Yeah. Derrick Johnson. Right, Sid Griffin. You talk about Sid. Sid looked like an avatar out yeah, there, he did. walking around. Just a freak just athlete, a freak. man. Huff yeah. Daddy. Like it just they they changed the way the athletes they were recruiting. Nothing against Rod B. Rod B. was a good athlete, but they stopped recruiting Rod B. But also to say you was already in, bro. You was already, I was in, already the in. But you was before, already I'm in. Saying, it was before the era. Yep, it was before. And once it happened. they once yep. they got encountered with the era, they went holy Chicago. We gotta do something, guys. Yep. If we go out there just trying out the same stuff we've been trying out there, we are going to get embarrassed again. And they changed it quick, fast, and hurry. Yeah, no like doubt. Like literally over uh, – when Coach Kenny got here, as soon as he got here, he wiped it clean and went, if you can't cover, you can't play. And if you can't tackle, you can't play. Yeah. And he just weeded it out. And it was only the few guys he said could could tackle and could cover. And everybody could do both. Everything changed quick, right? It had to. Yep. It had to. So yep. that, that's what I remember about Hope that he was, he was kind of a milepost – in that evolution for for Texas, figuring out the new ecosystem of the Big Twelve that had been terraformed by the air raid at yeah, the time. Well, he got it done, so yeah, that's no what it's all about. Uh, but Hope Daddy's in, no doubt about that. I would uh, think okay. so too. Yeah, it's no question. I got a quick quick comment too mm-hmm. on um, the running back room: Eric Bieniemy, Kijana Carter, Kenneth Davis, DJ Dozier from Penn State, Warwick Dunn. I can't believe Warwick Dunn's not in there yet. Toby Gerhardt, Monte Ball, Garrison Hurst. Craig Hayward and Marshawn Lynch. I got a Garrison Hurst story real quick. Oh, give me this. I love so this. in Arizona, <clears throat> I was playing Arizona Fall League. It was a league where they send all the top prospects. You get ready. That will tell you if you're ready to play in the big leagues okay. and all that other stuff, right? So we were out at this this club, and I was like, I saw him when he came in because he was playing for the the Phoenix Cardinals at the that, time. Yeah, I saw him when he came in, and I was like, dang, okay, that's him. That's him. Walked up to him. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm gonna go say what's up to him. Walked over to him. I said, "What's up, Marshall Falk?" <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa, what? Hold up. Why? Because because, no, because remember, he and Marshall Falk they looked a lot alike. Oh. But I knew, I knew it was Hold him. I knew up. it was him oh, at that time. Google to the rescue. Yeah, come okay. on, you go look at him. Really? So we're sitting in this club, Marshall. and I was told my boy, I was like, "Hey, man, that's that running back for the Cardinals, man. I'm gonna go say what's up." <laughs> Hey, what's up, Marshall? <laughs> he looked at me and kept walking. I was oh, like, "You?" Yeah. I said, "Did I just say did you just Marshall? Say Marshall? Fa- he probably my thought boy, you were like trolling him." My too. boy looked at me and was like, "You just called that dude you Marshall? Just called that dude Fa- Marshall?" And it was Fa- Garrison Hurst. <laughs> Okay, let me find. Yeah, you gonna look it up and you gonna be like, uh, I got a good picture there. I see where I I see where it went wrong. I see where Harden went wrong. Patrick, are you seeing this? Do you see any of this? Do you believe he is not seeing it? Okay, you know what? I uh, just a tad. We was in a club. 
We Man. was in the club. It was okay. dark. Okay. It was dark, in the club. We wasn't, we wasn't outside. A lot of alcohol. Lot, 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 lot going on. A <laughs> lot going on in there. So maybe a, in a flash? Yeah, I was like, I know him. Glasses on, hat Oh, on. yeah. Okay. That's supposed to be... Wow. That's supposed to be the guy that I thought it was in my mind. I knew it was Garrison Hurst. Uh, as a white man, all races look completely. Uh, <laughs> people look completely different. None of y'all look alike at all. So I could clearly tell the difference. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I all running. My backs. mind's telling me no. Maybe all running backs look alike. <laughs> Maybe all running backs do. I don't. Yeah. People always get me confused with like different people. So they do. I've I've, I've heard I've, them say it to you. Yeah, somebody's confused with my Brooks a lot of times. Somebody yeah. confused me with with. Snoop Daniel. Snoop Daniel one time, that and one time. Like, okay. And I was like, you're never gonna it'll was, never look uh, let that go uh, from Yeah, me. I'll never leave that down. <laughs> I yeah, even Snoop would be offended Snoop, by that. Snoop was. Snoop <laughs> uh, was. He was actually. That's right. Uh and uh Nate Nathan Bash. Actually, I got confused for nasty Nate one time. I usually sometimes I don't even correct him, I just go, it's nice. Yeah, to it's not good to see you. It's nice. I'm to out. You. <laughs> that's what Marshall hey, that's what Marshall Falk did to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Garrison, Garrison Hurst. Garrison Hurst, man. Wow. He was playing for the Cardinals. They at both that do time. have a similar haircut though. They did. It's like a bald, really bald, bald, like taper. Yeah. Like, like I mean? way back taper. Yes. Yeah. So I can see what's on his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no excuse, man. I, yeah, I failed. You I failed. failed miserably. That was an epic But I threw right myself there. out there. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. That is true. At least yeah. you admitted it. I admitted it. Admitted I was it. wrong. Oh, your boy was wrong. Man, Garrison. I was out there bad. So, <laughs> so Harge knows everybody but Garrison. <laughs> Apparently so. For sure. Well done. For sure. Good well job, said. Patrick. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay, let's get to. I don't want to waste too much time because I know you got Harge Knock Life coming up. I want to get to Athlon Sports's uh, Big Tour predictions mm-hmm. uh, just really quickly. So let's pump some Kool Aid for uh, for the Longhorn the football fans out there just really quick. Because I was looking at Athlon Sports. They're putting out a lot of their preseason teams. They did. They're all Big 12 team. We uh, brought that up a couple of weeks ago. They're doing like the All-American teams, things of nature. So they have their all Big 12 uh, predictions. Uh, No, it's no mystery. They have Texas as the first team winning the Big 12. Yep. So I'll throw it out there. But the the second team, honestly, it shouldn't be surprising, but a lot of people don't expect Oklahoma to have a bounce back. But they got Oklahoma having a hell of a bounce back as their second best team in the Big 12. And then they got K-State third. How do you you feel about the top three. They got yeah. I would probably put K State ahead of Oklahoma. If if that was the number, that's exactly where I would look at it as I w- well. I would probably do that. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I'd have Oklahoma to have. But honestly, after one and two, with me with K State, it it still kind of goes crazy. Yeah, but, I think yeah. there might be a. But honestly, I think the surprise team of the Big Twelve. They have TCU at four. I don't like TCU that much this year. But a I will say change. they bring back the quarterback who started the year as a starter. Chandler Morris. Your guy. You said it. Right. You said, I, I don't even know if Max Duggan going to win that position. And he, and he didn't. didn't. <laughs> but then <laughs> so, yeah. leading him to the national title yep. and also leading them. It, I think was a Heisman finalist as well. Yes, he it? was. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I guess I was right. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you was on the money. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to take credit for that. That might have been a, this is a bad thing you want to be right about. <laughs> it's the yeah. wrong quarterback to be right about. <laughs> um, but Texas Tech, they got fifth. And I was, I think, dude, Texas Tech to me this year. That would be the biggest surprise team for me. Not even surprise because we saw how good they got as the year went on. And he's not done anything wrong in recruiting either. No, they've been they've been hot in recruiting. Yeah, they've yeah, been hot they've done the, a really good job. Dude, I like Texas Tech as a little sleeper team. I still take Texas and K-State as my two top teams. Yep. And I would never disrespect Oklahoma. 
Danielle Dang. Brumbaugh's dominated this damn conference. Uh, they do have a new uh, head coach. I like Venables, but he has not proven that he's a good head coach yet. So we got to wait and see on them. That's a, that's a Missouri State. You yep. got to show me on the yep. Oklahoma thing. Uh, but I would not be surprised if Oklahoma's in this thing because we like the system they have there with Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel. Correct. And if Dylan Gabriel doesn't get hurt last year, a lot of things are different. I, mean, I told you I was real big on him from the yeah. very jump. I thought he was going to be one of the better players in the league. I thought the way in his relationship with the offensive coordinator, knowing each other, being able to come in, and if he doesn't get hurt, I think it's a totally different season yeah. for Oklahoma because you know as well as I do, and Mike Leach has made this conversation before, RIP to Mike Leach, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. He is he is the the – all of the above for your program to have success. And if you don't have that, then it's a problem. And we saw they didn't have that uh, in the game against no, Texas. No, they did not. <laughs> I think, honestly, the Big 12 can have a lot of sleepers. The First of all, we don't know these teams coming in very well. Right. We, we don't, don't know much about Cincinnati and BYU. Whoever knows about BYU? Because them some grown men. Some grown men paying That's mortgages. Right. They got families and kids, and they're taking missions. They're yep. doing it for the Lord. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on there. They make you believe. Yes, they are. They, they're true believers. <laughs> yes, they are. And I will say, if I pick two random surprise teams, Iowa State. Dude, Iowa State. I, I still think Matt Campbell's a decent coach, even though I, I, I agree the luster seems to be off of him. But remember, they're the only team that had a quarterback start every game last year, and they were close in a lot of games, including the Texas game. Yeah, and they were four and eight last year. That I I think they're gonna have a bounce back. And what people don't realize is when they did have their run uh, in the previous the three years prior to last year with Iowa State with that Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and that crew and Charlie Kolar, they were recruiting at an all time high. So they have the talent. They have the, they have more yep. talent there than they've had probably ever. The cupboard is pretty stacked for them. We'll see what they can do with. And you know John Heacock in that defense. Oh my goodness! Is that three high three? That three high three down. Hell, Sark still struggles with it for sure. And it's one of the. Best I hope he's been working on that. We all, do. Paul Christ. We all is do. that your job? You're Go right. get it. Figure get it out. On that. <laughs> exactly. um, and you know what? Another team I'll take as a sleeper. I know it sounds Kansas. Oh man, Jaylen, you and I both. If Jalen Daniels doesn't get hurt last yes. year. He might be a Heisman finalist. Uh, you and I both talked about that when we were watching him when we were at uh, Lavaca Street. I was like, man, hold up. This dude is really balling. We saw it at the end of the season before. Mm-hmm. Then he came Against out. Texas. And, yeah, <laughs> and then he came out and showed that he was not a fluke. And now there he's going to come back. So And Leopold is one of the better coaches in the I league. I do. This is a well-coached league, though. Yeah. It's a well-coached league between Kleiman and between Leopold. Uh, Gundy is a hell of a coach. We all agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a, a culture, it's a coach's league, if you will. No doubt. Some really renowned coach. All right, let's get to Harsh Knock Like What you got for the people? We're going to talk a little bit of baseball right now. I'll give you an update on the TCU-Arkansas game, but I'm going to talk a lot about the Texas Longhorns and, of course, the Texas Rangers. All that and more coming up right now on uh, hard, hard, not, hard, hard Knock Life on Hard Knock Life. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's where everybody's kind of trying to figure out if uh, 
they're excited, they sad, but I think the smooth soul is important because everybody's a little bit happier around <laughs> Austin, Texas, if you're a Texas Longhorn fan. Right. It's your boy, Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter, at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass, at It's Patrick Davis. Also love it when you're a part of the show. And you can hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And before we get into this edition of the Harge Knox Life, I wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> what I've seen so far with uh, college baseball. I was talking to a good buddy of mine. He happens to be one of the head scouts for a team. And we were just talking about college baseball and how different it is. Mm. Um, we talked a little bit about this last year about the age groups. All these guys are a lot older because of the draft and the way things have gone down with the major league draft while they've kind of shortened it up and not had as many uh, rounds in the draft. You have a lot of guys that are coming back. A lot of uh, players that are getting more opportunities mm-hmm. to play at the college level. You're also getting guys that are are not leaving the college level, and it's messing up the high school guys. Unless you're one of those five-star guys, it's real tough right now for a lot of the the, the players that are, are getting these opportunities to go elsewhere. Yeah. So you may end up having to go to a JC, which is nothing wrong with that. Our man, Coach Ty Harrington, he was part Shout of that, that, that JC crew. And a lot of these headline coaches right now are, are former – junior college head coaches. So you learn a lot at the JUCO level and you make some things happen at that level as well. But it's been real refreshing to watch this Texas baseball team grow. We've had those ups and downs, and I've said this before. When you look at this baseball team, it has a lot to do with the makeup of the players. Yes, Coach Pierce is in charge, and and you bring in a Woody Williams, you bring in a former head coach and Coach Rodriguez uh, into the program. But a lot of these guys have to be leaders. You Mm -hmm. saw it from last year's team, too. Now, that's what the most interesting part for me is with this Texas baseball team is you lost so much talent off of last year's team. You got the National Player of the Year that is gone, and what do you do? You replace him with a freshman who ends up batting over 330 on the year, playing first base. Crazy. And I, I I still remember talking to Jared Thomas in the in the elevator at Globe Life. This guy was so excited to be playing college baseball. I've, I He smiled so big, and I asked him, I was like, how excited are you to get ready to play? By the way, TCU just defeated Arkansas. Well, not just defeated. They just got out of a double play, and they are leading uh, Arkansas 7-4 to as they head to the bottom mm. of the eighth inning. Big double play by them. But you sit there and you look at how these guys have matured. He struggled at the very beginning of the year. And he came in and was able to uh, adjust to the, the college baseball game. Mm-hmm. Kind of calmed himself down, adjusted at the plate, and now he's one of the best hitters and hottest hitters in the country. You look at what Dylan Campbell's continued to do, a 38-game hitting streak. Right now, he just extended it. This guy was a guy that was part of the lineup last year, but you weren't expecting a ton from him. He did some great things. Mm-hmm. I thought I told you a long time ago, Rod, he was one of my favorite players because of the way he goes about his business. Yep. There's not a lot of talking. He just goes out there and plays the game. Same thing with Eric Kennedy. You look at a Jack O'Dowd, who for the most part, 
Yeah, he was okay for the season. He had like four, five different stances this year in the batter's box. And I was like, <laughs> man, just get comfortable up there and go to work. Well, I think he found the perfect stance for him because the last two weekends, he's been one of the hottest hitters in the country as well. Defense and, for the, and he's been playing great yeah. defense. So when you look at this team, you say, all right, what, what are they made up of? Well, they're made up of winning. That is what it's turned out to be. To be, and you look at what LeBaron Johnson was able to do on uh, Saturday night, pitching against Miami, one of the better teams in the in the nation, one of the toughest teams, and all he does is goes out there mm-hmm. and handles his business, throwing 129 pitches, set, uh, nine innings, seven hits, one earned run, and three walks and eight strikeouts. Crazy, but. But he had high-pressure, high-leverage situations that he created for himself, to be quite honest with you. Bunch of walks, wasn't really controlling the strike zone, but he found ways to get out of those innings every single time. And then you get a couple runs. You get a home run by Dylan Campbell, and you get another home run by Jack O'Dowd. Those are the things that you want to see at this time of the year. We always talk about it in basketball. We talk about it in football. You want to get hot at the right time. Nobody never ever remembers what you do in September in football. They always remember what you do in November and December. And that's kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing that's happened with this Texas baseball team. Coach Pierce has picked uh, Push the right buttons with these guys. Yeah. He's given them the tough love. He's also given them a pat on the back, and he's let the players lead the team. Mm. And that is exactly what we've had this opportunity to pay attention to. I know we all came in here after that tournament in Arlington, and we were like, whoo, they're going to have to rally. But what did you say? Most of the time, when they faced adversity this season, they find good. a way to come back and battle through mm-hmm. it. And getting that extra time off has kind of played into what the expectations were for this team. Mm. And then I also want to talk about what we saw from uh, a lot of these players is the leadership group. They have shown some leadership for some tough times and what they were able to do and not do, and they figured it all out. Mm. And that's what I've been so impressed with with this Texas baseball team. Uh, The Coral Gable Regional All-Tournament team, LeBaron Johnson was the pitcher of that team. Garrett Gilmet, who, by the way, Garrett Gilmet was struggling a little bit, got hit in the face. Got hit in the face. With the fastball and comes back. And first off, he wanted to fight he the won. pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> we worried about him. He got him angry. <laughs> he was looking at him. Gave, him, him, gave, him, gave him some choice words. Yep. Got to first base. They ended up taking him out. And there was a rule that was posted that if a player was hurt in that situation where there's a concussion possibility involved, they pulled the player out. They put in a courtesy runner. And the player was able to reenter back into the game. That was the first time I've ever seen that rule in place. First time ever that yeah. I ever saw that this was able to take place. I've, in high school, in certain places, you yeah. got re-entry rules. Yeah. This was the first time I saw it at the college level. Hmm. So him to come back in. And then after that, he comes back in and get like three hits. I mean, he, was, he got he was dialed angry. in he right upset, back in man. there. Yeah, he was dialed <laughs> back in. But Garrett Gilmet got the catcher. Jared Thomas made first team. Uh, as the pitcher, I mean, excuse me, as the first baseman, Dylan Campbell yeah. made it in the outfield, designated hitter, Jalen Flores, because of his grand slam that he hit yesterday. And the MVP of the tournament was LeBaron Johnson. Yeah, man. LeBaron Johnson went out there and showed us what it was all about the wow. heart, 
the tenacity, the way that he was uh, focused on everything is so important. I love the way that he was able to go back out there and pitch. And what I talked about before was what would the bullpen do? The bullpen was outstanding. They didn't get a lot of work, but Zane Morehouse and uh, Hurley was able to go out there and pitch well after they got a chance, after Tanner Witt got a chance to pitch yesterday. Zane Morehouse, got a, he got dealt with a lot of crap this year. He figured it out. He got it done, and he has a big-time arm, and he went and pitched well during that time. So it was very, very impressed by the way he went about his business. It yeah. was real exciting. So shout-out to the Texas Longhorn baseball team. They wait the winner of tonight's game when it comes to Stanford and, and uh, Texas A&M, if they lose, if if Stanford wins, they're going to Stanford. Mm. If A&M wins, then there's a possibility. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that Texas would be hosting. So we will see what's happening on that part. It's a roof for the Aggies. Yeah, there's so many things. we got a roof for the Aggies, as my <laughs> man Rob Aber <laughs> said. Got to do it, man. Gotta but I wanted it. to bring this up as well. I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, – Texas Rangers baseball team. They are impressive. They have put it together. They have done some great things mm-hmm. in the field. And one of the things that has been very impressive to me, they are 38-20. and 20. They're 8-2 and two in their last uh, 10 games, and they have a winning streak of three games right now. They played well yesterday. Obviously, the Astros are behind them 35. Astros. There you go. 35-24. and 24. The Angels, above 500, guys. The Angels are above 500 when we're in June, hey. so they're still. So you're saying there's a chance. The Oakland A's are 12 and 49, by the way, fellas. 12 and 49. We're in the middle of June. We're in the middle of June. They're like major league team. The Indians in major league, except yes. without all the funny parts. Without the funny yeah, parts, just the sad parts of that movie. <laughs> it it's sad. so bad. That's it's crazy, so bad. Man. But I wanted to bring this up because we we've always talked about plus minus and everything that goes into it. The run scored by the Texas Rangers is probably the most mind-blowing thing for me. Marcus Simeon, who, by the way, has, I believe, a 23-game hitting streak going on right now, leading the major leagues, he is leading the major leagues in runs scored with 54. Adolis Garcia is second with 47. Nathaniel Lowe, the first baseman, he is third with 43 runs. Mm. Josh Young is fourth with 42 runs. Aaron Judge is fifth with 42 runs. Think about that. Their lineup is producing runs and RBIs every single week. That's crazy. Day in, day out. And I believe I heard this stat too. They've had 16 games this year where they've scored over 10 runs in the game. The, this is the Rangers, guys. The and I know Rangers. we talked about the pitching staff and we talked about some of the other things. I think the biggest adjustment and the biggest part of their success has been the uh, um, Bruce Bochy as the manager. Really? Bruce Bochy hmm. coming in. He's a totally different mindset of what they had with Woodward. Mm-hmm. But Bochy is a champion. Bochy has been around it. He's seen the talent. He puts them in the right way. And he comes in every single day with the same attitude. You never know when he's too high or too low, and he speaks to them as men. And that, to me, has been the biggest story. They got Corey Seager back, who, by the way, hit another home run yesterday. Marcus Simeon is playing probably some of the best baseball he's played in a very long time. And they've got youth, 
and they've got experience. And this is an exciting time. I think the Rangers are here to stay. I told you that earlier. I think they're here to stay, but we got to see what happens in the back end of their bullpen for later in the season as well, if they're going to make a move to go and get somebody. Because they got a ton of prospects in the minor leagues. They're, mm-hmm. they're, the Express are playing good baseball. Frisco is playing good baseball. Hickory, all the teams down home or down south or whatever the name of their team is in the minor league, they have talent all the way through their system, which they did not have for a while. Mm-hmm. They were almost like the Astros where they went through their little lulls to wherever to where they struggled enough, they were trading away all of these prospects. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting a chance to see the fruits of the labor, and I love the fact that Bruce Bochy is leading this squad. Yeah, they're I believe the run differential they're outscoring their opponents 152 by Plus. 152 Plus. runs yeah. through the first 58 games, which yeah. is astonishing. Crazy. And the only team that's even close to them in that situation is Tampa Bay Rays. Remember, the Rays started off, they were undefeated for a yeah. long time. Who they'll play later this week. Who they'll play later, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the, that, that is the highest run differential, I believe, for any team since, like, 1940. It's crazy. Through the first yep. 58 games. Crazy. Yep. I, I, yeah, the Rangers are for real. They, we have, we're past that discussion now. Yep, we uh, are past there's that. There's no discussion. doubt. They are the real deal. Can they win the division? That's the biggest thing. Can they beat well, the Astros? Well, the Astros still, they just keep plugging along. Three and a half behind. Yeah, they just keep, they, yeah, they, they, they're drifting behind them. Three and a half behind. You know what I'm saying? And the Astros can't really score any runs. They cannot. <laughs> they can't get any runs. They are struggling. Uh, but man, they, they need Altuve to get healthy. They That's need to the get healthy, thing. period. Yeah, yeah, it's a big point. It's a long season, though. It is. Uh, there you go. Good stuff there from Harsh Knock Life. We'll come back. We'll get into off the record. Uh, the machines have uh, finally turned on their masters. Uh-oh. We'll discuss it on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 149 The Horn. D.D. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, I'm going to table the other story we were going to get to because uh, we don't have a ton of time here. I think it might need a much uh, longer segment to get into, but there is another off the record that I think would fit into this time time segment that we have, or the short time that we have in this segment. Um, okay, so Josh Hart, NBA player, Josh Hart, mm-hmm. plays for the Knicks. He's a guard. He tweeted this out uh, about a couple of, about a week ago. Now it's the fifth, about a week ago. Uh, this is the tweet. I don't know why he tweeted it out, but here it is. Have y'all ever tasted y'all significant other's breast milk asking for a friend? <sighs> All right. Um, De'Aaron Fox, a lot of NBA guys responded to this expressing their disappointment. Some also <laughs> expressing similar curiosity. Even Stephen A. Smith got on them. Dan Orlovsky uh, tweeted out, 100% done that. Um, Doug Gottlieb tweeted out, breast milk question requires a follow-up from the bottle or from the tap. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I agree with that. I'm not yep. opposed to that question. Fill it either. out. 
Um, Jalen Bronson unfollowed uh, John right after this. <laughs> <laughs> Hilariously. Okay. Well, I actually remember, I want to say Trey Ellie got into this discussion once. And, this, and I want to say he or somebody on his show, they actually tasted the breast milk. As, as a father of three? Yeah. Have not. Never? Never? No. Never there was, there was not, no, no, no. There was never a curiosity. I don't it. drink milk. It so. might have been an accident, though, on one time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't even want to know about that. I'm not going to listen to you describe the accident on the show. Um, no. <laughs> I don't even want to know about the accident. I didn't know you were still lactating. I got the same question Doug Gottlieb had about the accident, actually. Same question, all right? Um, but no, I, I think he talked about he talked about this. I don't like milk, so I would not like it. Oh uh, yeah, because I don't because it's white. It, I, boom, no yep. white condiments yep. of any kind, and yep. no white liquors. That includes all milk, yep. of course. Yeah, almond, breast, whatever okay. doesn't matter to me. Okay. Um, but I would say I think it is a it's considered a very not not considered it is very valuable, but not just the babies because I hear on the black market you can get a ton of money. For HG. On the black market? What? Yes. Oh, breast milk is, is beautiful for bodybuilders. They like the HGH in it. Oh, no. Apparently, it has a ton of HGH in it. And it, bodybuilders, will uh, they covet it huh. on the black market. Interesting. Really? You didn't know this? No, not okay. at all. I don't hang out with bodybuilders. Yeah, so. That's another reason I don't need to lift weights. What? <laughs> Just already. It's like, you know what? You know what? I may be fat, but at least I'm not secretly trying to go through illegal means to get... Uh, well, uh, is it? Uh, I get. Is it? Is it illegal? Well, I don't it's know. on the black market. Well, you said it's on I mean, the, the black, black market. market. I mean, technically, I'm sure it, there are legalities well, there, because there, you can't sell unpasteurized milk. Yes, yeah, like so that kind I know of from stuff, a cow yeah. or from other things, yeah. you can't sell unpasteurized milk. Yeah. So I don't know where that falls in to the yeah. legalities of it. I think most cops would just say "ooh." Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> it, uh, I don't think they're. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know if anybody's ever been prosecuted for buying breast milk. Maybe someone says the white market. There you go. Well done. I like Big that. Bad joke there. I like that. Uh, but yeah, no, it is. I, uh, My boy just sent me a text that said, You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about me. I was like, I don't think it was an accident. It was an accident. Like I said, I don't need you to go into detail. I, I think I know how to, where that story is going. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just curious. I, I believe, I, if I'm not mistaken, and he may hit me up too, I want to say Trey Elling actually did. Well, somebody just said was, that on air, Chad Hastings tried Trey Elling's wife's breakfast. That's what it was. It With her Shay. permission. Yes. Okay. They always knew, doing some bits, man. I knew it was on Trey. I knew it was on when Trey was on that Trey had somebody. So yeah. it was Chad Hastings who did it? I guess so. Chad Hastings had another woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hold on. Now we got a whole other discussion we're getting into. Would you text Chad? <laughs> Chad, I got to find out, Chad dog. Let me, just, let me just Chad, let me know for sure. Did Chad's wife also, did she? Co- I mean, did really? That's what I'm saying. Like, did she actually agree to this too? I don't know. I'm about to find no, out. Let right me just, she let to me his... just apologize for all white guys for what we do when we're bored. <laughs> Good lord. Okay, so my bad. If it wasn't, it was. I, I knew somebody on that show did it because I remember listening to them like, man, this is wild. <laughs> but it was Chad. I'm checking it right was now. Our boss. Yep, our boss. So our boss was yeah. drinking another man's wife's breast milk? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to figure oh, it out right now. Okay, I'm I'll already be, texting yeah. him. Okay. I'll let you know at some point. All right, I need to know this, and if it happened, then I, I need Chad to give me details. I need to we need to relive this experience. <laughs> Do we have the audio of this? I'm sure somewhere. Might need to replay I'm that. Sure. I mean, that's, I'm sure. That might be worth reliving. I had to hit up BK and, <laughs> and see if you can find this hidden audio of Chad. Yeah. Drinking breast milk oh live on air. Wow. 
See, yeah. I didn't know that's, that's where it was going, people, so I apologize. Sorry, guys. Uh, we come back. We're talking about <laughs> the NBA uh, finals, Miami Heat, what he gave to right here. Oh, ball don't lie. I want to afford the horn.